Good morning. Oh man, are we losing the traditional good morning and then the congregation? There we go. Good morning. Um, pastor said that I'm opening this morning, said just say good morning. And I was like, ah, oh, that's kind of lame. Um, but I do have something that just um, has been on my heart. As, uh, as we come in on Sundays and we sing these songs that are beautiful and melodious uh, most of the time, depending on who's singing. Um, one thing, you know, that I just have been uh, thinking about is that sometimes when we sing these songs, they're really hard to sing because we're going through a hard time. Um, and it's easy to get wrapped up in the fact that you're all alone um, and that you're all alone maybe with God. Um, and that is enough. Amen? If, if you're with God, that's enough. Um, and I just want to remind you, as, as we're singing these songs, maybe, maybe it's not hard for you to sing today. Maybe, you know, everything is great and you've got your pumpkin spice latte and a sweater and, and life is brisk. Amen? Um, but maybe things are not going so well um, and it's hard to sing. And I just want to remind you that God sees you. God sees you when you are proclaiming his goodness in the midst of adversity. And he's really, really pleased. Amen? All right, let's stand up. Lord, this morning we ask that our praise would honor you. God, fill us up with grace. Fill us up with faith um, to do your will. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
spoke a word, you were singing over me. You've been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You've been so, so kind to me. your foe. I was your foe.
Part of 
don't want to interrupt that. Let's be seated real quick. Just a couple of announcements. Um, we have one more men's Bible study uh, till the end of the year, Wednesday at 6 o'clock uh, in the morning or 6 p.m., so whatever one you can make. Um, how many of you guys went home and found out that you wrestled between Jezebel and Ahab? Amen. There's one, two honest men in the room. It's, it's a battle. It's a struggle. We want to be men of God, do we not? And I believe your wives want you to be men of God. So we got one more. We're going to deal with the results of not being the man of God you should be. So that's 1 Kings chapter 19. So just prepare 1 Kings chapter 19. I'm excited about that. Thursday night, uh, this Thursday night is our first Thursday. It's November 2nd. It starts at 6 o'clock. We have a potluck and then we have, we have a communion. We have potluck. Uh, and then we're going to have a teaching on the end times. Um, Pastor Verlin's going to bring a lesson to us to uh, scare us to heaven. <laughs> Amen. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, men's fellowship night, that's Monday night. That's what we've been building up to, right? Uh, November 6th at 6 p.m., that's a Monday night. Tickets are at the information desk. Um, I'm really excited about that. We're going to actually, I'm going to tell you what I'm teaching on that night, and that is, if you're going to be a man of God, you've got to be an Elisha. Elisha. So you've got to follow the faith of someone else. And so we want to encourage you with that. I'm looking forward to that night, too. So um, I'm just, sorry, I just kind of moved by the worship this morning. The songs are perfect for me, so I don't know about you, but it's perfect for me. Um, and now my wife has something to share. Ladies, you are all invited to our women's night on November 10th, which is a Friday night at 6 o'clock. I hope you all come. I'm so excited for it. It's a great time to connect with other women, and it's gonna, it's just going to be great, and I hope that you're ready to grow in the Lord, and it's a fun time to just be together, gather together, and grow together. So I'm really excited about it. If you would, after the service, go to the information desk out in the foyer and sign up. If you're online, we, we're inviting you as well, and you can reach out to me. You can reach out on the New Life Ladies Facebook group page. If you're not a part of that and you want to be a part, just let me know, and I'll get you added to it. Amen. And Amen. who's excited? Come on. So let me read something real quick, uh, and, and I'm, I'm not meaning to interrupt this service, but this is the last Sunday of what is normally Pastor Appreciation Month, but we've talked about it from a Ministry Appreciation Month standpoint. So we've just been recognizing people who have been serving uh, in the ministry over the last uh, year, and so we're excited about who's serving and who's still serving. But 2 Corinthians, Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1, and I'm reading the King James today. Today I'm in the end of the King James, so... You're just going to have to get the these and the thous into you. Amen. Um, second, first Corinthians 2, 1, 1 through 5 says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And as I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, in my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That your faith 
must not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Over the last, really, three years, it's been the most difficult time, not just in my ministry life, but in my personal life. And um, I feel like that describes my last few years. Like, everything's been impacted by the physical condition and the struggles that I've had. I don't know if you guys remember the, uh, the stool seasons where I sat on the stool and preached to you, which was awkward and strange. And I didn't, I didn't get too much of this going on. I didn't move around at all. That was terrible. That was a horrible time. But this, this is why I read this, and this is what I want to say to you. Many of you stuck with me through those difficult times. You put up with my weakness and my trembling. You put up with my preaching not being enticing with words of man's wisdom. If God didn't do something in the last three years, it was never going to be done because it wasn't going to be done by this guy because I didn't have it in me. But what I want to do is I just want to, if it's Pastor Appreciation Month, this pastor appreciates New Life Church. And I appreciate those of you that have stuck with me and knew that I was struggling and prayed for me and contacted me and talked to me and didn't get offended when I didn't talk to you because that morning I just couldn't. I'm having kind of a parky day today, and so I'm just wrestling today even with this thought. But you stuck with me. Rarely does that happen in churches. Most of the time when the pastor's weak, either somebody attacks or somebody flees. And many of you stuck with us and you fought for me and I appreciate that. So a couple people that I just want to mention. One, one is all the people, the, the church in general. Thank you for sticking with me. But the one I really want to address, the one I really appreciate is this woman that's standing next to me who had to watch this from a place of no power. She couldn't change my condition. She couldn't change my, she had to listen to my complaining when I got home my whining, my sniveling, my Ahabish moments <laughs> and my Jezebel moments. And she just had grace with me and, and loved me through this. And I'm going to tell you, when the Bible says whoever finds a wife finds a good thing, I got a good thing going on right here. So I just want to say... So I just want to say thank you for those of you that stuck with me and I look forward to what God's going to do in the future. And so, and we're together forever. That's right. That's right. Amen. So let's stand one more time. One more time. One more song. We got one more song, right? We don't have one more song? Oh. They normally have four songs, so they really threw me off today. We're going to go one more? I, I don't know. What, what was the last one? Yeah, let's do it. Come out of hiding. <laughs> One more time. You got your reason 
Yeah, let's give Jesus a hand. Amen. You're almost home now. Please don't quit. Let's dismiss the kids at this time. Y'all may be seated, adults. Dismiss the kids. Thanks for coming up, guys. Morning, New Life. You're almost home now. Hey, Jesus is coming back. I'm almost in heaven where all Harleys run free. Some of you will be close enough to hell that you'll have to have a Honda, but uh, that's just, that's, there's a reward in, in heaven for faithfulness. I opened with this last week. Faith requires belief. Belief requires trust. Trust requires obedience. And none of these work with doubt. Doubt makes obedience shaky, trust weak, belief question, faith falter. Don't doubt Jesus or it all falls apart. Don't doubt Jesus or it all falls apart. What I tried to help people see in the illustration with the woman, woman with the issue of blood, of blood is that her faith in Jesus is what made her whole. Her faith in Jesus is what made her whole. Her reaching out was the act and the evidence of her faith, but her faith in Jesus is what made her whole. To the blind man on the roadside, his shouting out was the act and the evidence of his faith, and his faith made him well. His faith in Jesus made him well. But I also tried to show how doubt um, was where the potential of Jesus' power gets lost. Doubt stops Jesus from being able to do what he can do for you. I felt very strongly that God was asking for an actual illustration of the point to reach out, to shout out, and to don't doubt. But it was a little different for most of us. Amen. So Monday afternoon, as I'm in prayer, don't ask me why I was in prayer Monday afternoon, because I'm almost never in prayer on Monday afternoon, but some reason I was just praying Monday afternoon. And during that moment of prayer, a passage came to mind. Have you ever had that moment where, like, God speaks to you, and you're like, what, what are you, what? This makes no sense at all. I could have used this yesterday. Amen? It was so random that I just wondered, what are you trying to do? It's a passage that I'm familiar with, and it's a passage that I've seen God do powerful things through before. But it just stayed with me, and it really bothered me. It's not as if I felt like I didn't preach what he wanted last Sunday, as nothing was wrong with last Sunday. It was as if he had given me next. And I wrestled with that. I even wrote another sermon. It's a good one, too. But I was trying to force my thoughts. Have you ever done that with God? Kind of force your thoughts. God's saying this to you, and you're like, okay, yeah, well, I'm... I'm I, 
I'm going to make it better. If I created the earth, if I made man, right? Okay, I'm the only one that feels that way. But the passage wouldn't go away. The passage that I'm talking about is in the book of Luke. And Luke was written by a doctor, meaning that he was educated. It was written to encourage an unbeliever by the name of Theophilus. And he wanted, Luke wanted him to place his faith in Jesus Christ. So he wrote the stories of Jesus Christ down. Though it was written by Luke, he used the Gospel of Mark and to some degree from what the scholars say, he used the book of Matthew as well to get his stories, as well as the stories of actually listening to the apostles talk about Jesus Christ and the experiences that they had. It's the most true to history of the Gospels. He kind of takes you through the whole journey, piece by piece. Mark, just kind of, he's, he's listening to Peter. They're just throwing things in there saying, yeah, this happened and this happened and this happened. This was, hey, this was really cool. You ever do that with friends? This is a really cool thing to happen, but it's not an order of your life. So using Luke, I just want to explain to you the timeline today that we're in. We find Jesus teaching the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son, which we, listened, we, we talked about here a few weeks ago. Then he teaches a story on the ten lepers that I want to talk about today. Afterwards, he talks about the story of the blind beggar that we talked about last week. So all these things kind of come together. The story of the woman with the issue of blood was in Luke chapter 8. So that happened before, but that, that was a story that would have been used similar to um, what Jesus was teaching at the moment. So I want you to do me a favor today, and we're going to stand as we read Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Let's stand in honor of the Word of God. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you why we're doing that. Some, sometimes, I guess it's important when Jesus speaks clearly, you want to honor him. Luke 17, 11 through 19. Remember, it's King James. It's what I was trained in, what I was trained on. What I spent the first 10 years of my ministry life pouring over the King James Version of the Bible. I believe that when the King James Bible speaks, it sounds like God. That's just me. I'm not saying God doesn't speak in, in, in the NIV because he does. But to me, the King James, he says thee and thou a lot. And in heaven, you're going to find out that I'm right. <laughs> and it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, speaking of Jesus, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And he entered into a certain village. There, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. Cool moment, huh? And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God. 
and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, this is what we want to focus on. Were there not ten cleansed? Were there not ten cleansed? This is Jesus saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. I remember cleansing ten. Where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said, arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. What made him whole? His faith in Jesus Christ made him whole. Father, we love you. Jesus, we desperately need you. Holy Spirit, we open ourselves up to you. You won. You, you win every time when we just submit ourselves to you. But I wanted to fight with you this week because I, I just wanted to go on. But I'm almost home now. And I know you're saying this week, please don't quit now. Don't let the Jezebels and the Ahabs stop the word of God from being preached and taught. The Ahab and Jezebel in me, not in anyone else. Help me to be a man of God today. Help me to be an Elijah. We love you so in Jesus we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Y'all may be seated. I know now I got all, all the women are like, what's he talking about with Jezebel and Ahab? Oh, that hurt. What ties this passage together with what we talked about last week was that Jesus, after their healing, said, Thy faith hath, has, hath made you whole. I can't even say it now. Thy faith has made you whole. In this context, Jesus in, is in Samaria and Galilee. It's important to understand where he's at because the story of the doubters last week that Jesus could do no great work there because Jesus was, his hometown was close to Galilee. So that's kind of where the, those people that knew him didn't believe him. And the Samaritans were considered non-believers by the Jews. They were considered unclean, so they can't be believers. So Jesus is in a place where people don't believe or he doesn't think they're going to believe. And he entered into the area and he encountered 10 lepers, which we talked about. And leprosy is important to understand. It's a progressive disease that's spread through contact. So if you came in contact with a leper, they could pass leprosy on to you. So they were also commanded because of their leprosy to live separately from society. And if they broke that law and came too close to any community, they would be stoned to death. This means if you are a leper, it is very possible that you would progressively feel more and more like an outcast through time. You would feel unwelcome, not just one time, but numerous times. You would feel unwanted, not just one time, but numerous times. You would feel unclean, like you start out feeling unclean, but the, the longer you go in it, the more filthy you feel because nobody wants anything to do with you because of your uncleanness. It's a progressive disease. 
a leper would become progressively lonely in my experience. Distant from family. At first you're thinking, I'm just going to be away from them for a while. And then after a while, you get more distant from family, the more discouraged you get. Depressed from disease. If you've ever had physical problems, you know that time makes it, you feel separated from people because people don't understand what you go through on a daily basis when you're sick or you're hurt or you're broken. And they can't. It's not their fault. It's just they, they, they only know health. So you, over time, get depressed by the disease you have, the leprosy. I am a leper, and I'm not going to get any better. And how lonely can it be when you're surrounded by death? When your friends who have leprosy, because they're the only people you can be around because they've already got leprosy, they start dying off. And pretty soon, somebody that you came in contact with, you got to know, you, you, they died, and so it's discouraging to you. I've, I've heard, now I don't know this about war because I'm, I'm, I've never been in that kind of an uh, uh, army situation. But they say that the, the older soldiers don't get to know the newer soldiers because the newer soldiers die so often that they don't want to, they just, it just hurts too much to get to know them. So they just kind of do their thing to, with them, set by themselves. So leprosy would become progressively more lonely as time went on. A leper would be progressively insecure. Constantly wondering where the line is. If I cross the line, where's the line that I can't cross? How, how far can I go to be around people but not be with people? Constantly worried that they might run into somebody who knows of their condition and will freak out because they're there. Constantly working to change, but failing. So you start, you, you, you try to get better, but it's progressive. It's a progressive disease. It's not going to get better. It's going to just get worse. Have you ever felt like that? You're like, you're trying to change, but you just keep failing. And the more you fail, then you just give up. And it's like, this is just, I'm, I'm just a loser and I'm always going to be a loser and I'm going to live as a loser. So Jesus enters into the city and he stood at a distance, or they stood at a distance, and they lifted up their voice saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Does that sound familiar to what we talked about last week? Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus saw them because he heard them. I'm just going to defend that point today. Jesus saw them because he heard them. If you never pray, don't expect God to do a miracle. Amen? If you never call upon him, don't expect him to answer. Verse 14 says, And when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And it came to pass as they went, they were cleansed. Now, this is important because... To be determined to be a leper, a priest had to verify your condition. They were trained to recognize the disease. And so when they saw the disease, they would say, oh no, it's, it's just an owie. You don't have leprosy. 
Or they would back up and say, okay, you're sick. You've got leprosy. Leprosy was believed to be a spiritual problem portrayed through a physical condition. Meaning that they were sick because of sin. So in this day, to have leprosy would say, you must have done something wrong to have gotten this disease. So the only reason you would go back to a priest is to be released of the diagnosis and through the new diagnosis verify that the disease was gone but it's a progressive disease it wasn't going to go away ever unless there's a miracle of God that disease is going to just get worse and worse and worse until you get so sick that you die but as they went they were cleansed As they went, they were cleansed. This is important to recognize because there's a reason why this story is in the Bible because this is possible for us to experience in our day to day. That we could have a progressive need and we can call out to Jesus and he'll tell us to go to the priest and on your way to the priest, you find healing. I believe Jesus still heals. And one of them, well, you're going to like it now, but you're not going to like it in a minute. Luke 17, 15 says, and one of them, there was 10. But one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. He was a Samaritan. He was an unclean, unwanted, unwelcome person without the leprosy. He was just as bad to the Jews without leprosy as he was with it. The one who the Jews viewed as worthless was the only one who came back to Jesus. The one that was the most messed up, the one that nobody thought would ever get things right in their life, came back to Jesus. The ones that Jesus expected to come back didn't come back. But the one who did was unexpected. And Jesus said something different to him that he didn't say to the other nine lepers. Jesus said in verse 19, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Huge word, whole. Your faith made you whole. There was difference, there was a difference in this one leper than the other nine. The other nine weren't made whole. The other nine were healed, but were not made whole. They were healed, they were not made whole. They were healed, they were not made whole. A 
Arise, go thy way, thy faith made thee whole. Luke 8, 48, daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Luke 8, 42, receive thy sight, thy faith hath saved thee. Saved thee, that's a spiritual term, that's not a physical term. It's not a physical salvation, that's a spiritual salvation that it's talking about. This is important because whole is more than just the physical. Being saved is more than just the physical salvation. Healed is physical. Whole is spiritual. Healed is physical. Whole is spiritual. Healed is not whole, but when you're whole, you're healed. The Samaritan's faith was in the healer, not the healing. For the woman with the issues, faith was in the healer, not the healing. For the blind man who wanted to see, his faith was in the healer, not the healing. The doubters might have faith in healing, but not in the healer. That was the problem. They believed in healing, but not the healer. Jesus Christ. Do you see where I'm going? The biblical illustration that we see is this, is that faith in Jesus makes us whole. The man who was made whole recognized what happened to him was bigger than the physical healing and everything about his life changed from that moment on. How he felt before was changed by how he experienced Jesus. The nine only had healing. They didn't have wholeness. This is why Jesus said, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? They're not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. Jesus isn't stupid. He knows that 10 were cleansed. He knew that there was only one who returned to give glory to God. And he acknowledged that there was only one that was made whole. One out of ten. Ten were cleansed, one was whole. So where are the nine? That was the question he gave me this week that ticked me off the whole week. Where are the nine? We're the nine who had faith in the healing, but not the healer. Those who might be externally changed, but spiritually challenged. Trust me, they're in churches this morning right now. Externally changed by an obedience to a lifestyle, but spiritually challenged by a doubting faith, because they don't really believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I've seen the nine. I've pastored the nine. I've been the nine. They claim to have great healing. I've had an experience with God. But they still struggle with feeling like they're an outcast. They always feel unwelcome, unwanted, unworthy. 
because they view themselves as spiritually unclean, not as born again, not as forgiven of sins. See, where the nine are, and the nine are always feeling like they're outcast. That part did not change. They had external physical healing, but they did not have spiritual transformation that occurs within the heart. They still struggle with feeling lonely. They claim to be a child of God, but they still struggle with loneliness. They go back to their families, but they still feel distant because of their experience. They struggle with depression or scared of disease. They're surrounded by death, like nothing is alive in their life. The nine aren't living around life. They're just living in death. Oh, they had an experience with God where they were healed physically, but it was external, not internal. They still struggle with insecurities. Now, I want you to be careful with this. But some of you still struggle with whether you're saved or not. You still wrestle with whether you are or not. Like either you are or you aren't. Either he paid for your sins and saved you from your sins or he didn't. But I had an experience with Jesus. I don't care about your experience with Jesus. You had healing. They focus on their past by either what they've done or what's been done to them. Like They claim to be born again, but they dwell on all the failures of their life for people who have failed them. They just live in this life of discouragement. They're constantly working to get better because, but because they're doing it on their own, they fail. Because you can't. That's where the nine are. The nine claim spiritual healing without spiritual wholeness. Paul said this in Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. What happens out here is nothing compared to what he did to me in here. If children then were heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Meaning that we could still have external suffering, but internal salvation. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy compared, uh, not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. When I got saved, when my sins were forgiven, when he made me whole, when he didn't just heal me physically, when he didn't just take care of a, have an exciting service or an exciting moment with God. When I got saved, I got made whole. I became a child of God. The spirit of God inside of me says, hey, you're good. You're safe. You're, you're okay. You're healed. You're helped. 
You're holy because of what Jesus Christ did, not because of what I do. And I get to look at the future that I get to be in heaven. Jesus is, Jesus is coming back. The rapture is about to happen. And you can stay here if you want, but you're going to live a hellish life. I'm leaving this place. I'm ready to meet him in the air. I'm going to beat you there. I just hope you're there with me. That's what I really mean to say. Do you identify with your sin or your salvation? Do you identify with your sickness, your leprosy, or the life that you have in Christ? Are you a sinner still separate from God, or are you a child of God? Do you belong to him? Is he yours? The nine had a powerful Sunday. A moving moment, but it was physical, not spiritual. We're not the ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Who came back to give glory to God? Where are the nine? Did they return to give praise to God? Where are the nine? Paul made a bold statement. He said this, therefore, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When you're in Christ, all the old things pass away. Your leprosy is healed, but you're made whole because everything's new. You don't dwell in that place of leprosy. You don't dwell with those insecurities. You don't dwell in that sadness. You don't dwell in that depression. You don't dwell in that life. You've been made whole. It's not just a physical healing. It's a spiritual transformation that happens because of what Jesus Christ does for you. All things are of God who hath reconciled himself, us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses in, unto them, not imputing their trespasses. I don't have to pay for my sin. Jesus paid for it. So if I don't have to pay for my sin, why am I dwelling on the things that I've done when I can dwell on what he's done? Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us and we pray to you in Christ's stead, be reconciled, be reconciled to God. You see, those who came back to give praise, give praise to God and fall down at the feet of Jesus do so because they've been made whole. They come back and they give praise to God. Because they've been made whole. They're not just healed. They're whole. It's not just external. It's internal. It changed them. They're no longer lepers. In fact, they're not even former lepers because they're made whole. But the nine only had healing. They didn't have wholeness. I can't tell if I'm skipping a page. We're not ten cleansed. But where are the nine? They're not found that return to give glory to God, save this one stranger. 
We're in the ninth. This just wrecked me this week. We're the nine who returns to give praise to God. We're the nine who reaches out and touches the hem of Jesus' garment and immediately is changed and lets the world know Jesus did this for me. We're the nine when you shout out and get Jesus to turn around and by faith immediately see and you should be telling everybody, I can see, I was blind, I can see. No, 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 you're thinking about the physical healing. I'm talking about the spiritual healing. You were in the dark and now you're in the light. Walk as children of light. Where are the nine? See, healing is not whole. But if you're whole, you're healed. And you know what I'm saying when I say it. What good does it do you to have physical healing on this earth if you eternally go to hell? Because you're not born again. Jesus said, that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. You've got to be born of the spirit to be born again. And he'll make you whole when you do. And you'll be the one that comes back and gives glory to God and gets on your face before Jesus and gives him praise and glory and honor. I'm not trying to manipulate a moment, but I have Parkinson's out here, but I have Jesus in here. And I don't care if he ever heals this because he healed this. The life of the leper no longer lives in me because Jesus set me free. I come and worship him not because he fixed me externally but because he changed me internally. I'm a child of God. I'm his child. I've been born again. My old life is dead. My new life is fully alive. What good would it do to have my body healed but my soul continue to suffer in sadness when I can rejoice in salvation? If he hasn't changed this, it doesn't matter if he changes this. Where are the nine? Come on, where are the nine? Where are the nine? Because he, was, he set out to make you whole, not healed. Where are the nine? Maybe today, instead of being one of the nine, you can be one of the one. You can call upon Jesus and ask him to forgive you of your sins. You can call upon him and say, I need not just to be physically healed. I need spiritual transformation to happen. 
I need all the death that was going on in me, all the death that was living in me, all the depression and discouragement and doubt needs to go away. You say, well, you make it sound easy. It's not in my power to do this. It's in the Spirit's power, not mine. All I'm trying to get you to do is start having some faith that Jesus Christ can actually do more than just heal you physically. He can heal you spiritually. He can make you whole. Let's pray. Let's stand and pray. Kids' life's not going to know what to do themselves. I'm getting out half an hour earlier than I normally do. Heads bowed, eyes closed. How many of you be honest this morning and say, as one of the nine, I'm here. I've lived this week not in rejoicing, not in worship, not in praise, but I've spent this week discouraged, doubt-filled, just as depressed as I was before I claimed that I met Jesus. Let me be honest and say, Pastor Andy, pray for me. I've been one of the nine that Jesus was talking about. How many of you claim to be the one? I'm the one. I'm the one. Jesus changed me. I want the world to know that Jesus changed me. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the King. I belong to Him. The progression of my disease ended when my salvation occurred. My healing only led me to wholeness. How many of you say, I'm whole today? I'm whole. Then let's take a moment. And if you're one of the nine, become one of the one. Trust Christ to be your Savior. Not just for your physical healing, but your spiritual transformation. Tell him, I need to be born again. And if you're one of the ones, come give him some praise this morning. Come get on your face before Jesus and just thank him for all that he's done for you. Give him glory, give him honor. Just say, thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for me and all you continue to do for me. I no longer live with this disease. I no longer live with death. I've been made alive. I am born again. I'm not just healed. I'm made whole. Jesus, you make me whole. Jesus, you make me whole. Take your faith to a new level. We know he can heal. Can he make you whole? A wholeness that results in the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance or self-control, which we all desperately need.
That's the kind of fruit that a whole Christian bears. Just pray, Jesus, make me whole today. Jesus, I'm trusting you to heal the brokenness in me, the sinfulness. It just progressively is getting worse and worse and worse. Lord Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. Father, as people are praying, I'm just going to let them keep praying for a while. But You ask where the nine are, and I, I only ask them to respond to you. The Father, if they're one of the nine, that they may recognize their need to become one of the ones and come back to you. You've got some lost sheep that I know you would leave the 99 to go find the one. You've got a lost coin that you find so valuable that you would give your life to find that, that, that one person. That you're just waiting for that prodigal to come home. Heads bowed, eyes closed real quick. How many of you, again, would just thank Jesus, just in some way, just thank Jesus that he's made you whole? If you're not made whole, he can make you whole today. Healing's not his problem. Wholeness is. Because you've got to choose by faith to be made whole. You've got to choose to recognize He's the only one that can make you whole. He's the only one who can save you from your sins. He's the only one that can pay for your sins. He's the only one that can satisfy God because of sin. Call upon him today and say, Jesus, I believe that you are my only savior. And that what you did on the cross was pay for my sin, satisfying God for what I could not do in my own power. Make me whole today. We love you. Encourage our hearts, Lord God, as we leave this place. Thank you for those that are faithful. Thank you for those who have been good to me, Father, as, as a pastor. Bless them, please, for their faithfulness. We love you so in Jesus we pray. And all God's people said, Guys, have a great day. Love y'all. Go home. Don't forget your kids.